players, my name is Mike Doherty from Chip Tooth Gaming, and you're watching Completely Consensual right here on Chip Tooth Gaming. Exactly. And alongside me today is the San Francisco Treat Himself yes. back once again, Eli Shaw. Hello, how's it going? What's it's going me. on? Now, I have an important question. Yes. Have you been uh, have you adapted the nickname? Yeah, I think the past ever since it debuted on the first my first appearance on cons- completely consensual, uh, we've adopted it over at Grid Life Digest. <laughs> Noah for sure loves having me having me have a nickname for once. So, and I, I I really like it. It's cool. It makes me feel special on the inside. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. You're back again. Thank you again for driving out. We're gonna go out, eat, eat, out to eat after this. But um, yeah, uh, thank you. I know it's a, I know it's a mission to get out here. But thank you. We had a last minute cancelization. Cancelization. So you kind of save my skin here and make sure we're getting hitting every week. I love making content. So anytime. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Good, Heck yeah. Good man. Good man. Doing them right. Raising them right over there, Noah. And doing them right too. Now. Eli. Yep. What is that? Well, okay. So, what games have you been playing? Let's. I like to start off the podcast with a "What have you been playing?" and then we'll get into uh, some news. This is going to be a more news-based show, uh, just because I've had Eli on before. He's interviewed a lot of game news happening too. So, oh yeah. I like I'd like to have episodes dedicated to like a lot of heavy game news as well. Okay. So, what have you been playing? Uh, so like we talked about last episode, um. Battlefront 2 I was interested in, but I never got it, and it was on a sale like a few weeks ago, or like a week ago, and I picked it up. Okay. Yeah. I had to do it. As per your recommendation, as per Plat Matt over at Grid Life Digest, his game of the year for some reason, so I was See, like... See, it was on my list too. I, I had to check it out, and I've been playing a lot of multiplayer, pretty much only multiplayer. Yeah, the story's not, not good. <laughs> uh, I'll get to it maybe, but... Don't. No, okay. This is a big waste of time. For the Unless trophies. you want the trophies. I want the trophies. Yeah, then you go and play that their uh, story. Okay. Yeah, it plugs you with it. I want to platinum it. Yeah, I almost I platinum the first one. I don't know. Uh, me too. That's another thing. I wanted to play the beat, the, like platinum the first one, but mm-hmm. I think I got in too late. Yeah, it was. It got kind of difficult. So how are you liking it? Uh, I really like it. It's grindy. Like, I can play for probably an entire day as much as I can, and get like halfway to unlocking a new hero um which is kind okay. of annoying yeah i mean maybe i'm just not playing that much or not i don't know maybe i suck who knows yeah i mean i could with like a real couple hours sunk into um other than like darth vader and luke i think you can if, if you really dig your in course the, the more you play the better you uh you get out of at me i like play pretty much exclusively heroes versus villains right mm-hmm. now I don't know why it's just that game mode so much fun. It's just something so satisfying about pushing three villains off with Luke's force push of like Kashyyyk, like a platform. Lando's my dude, actually. Mm, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't just like his little sniper gun, like the pistol turns into a sniper or something. Um, He has like gas grenades. He's just a cool guy. That's what I'm saying. We we got to get on. We got to play together because I feel like we got a lot to bring. A good little duo going on here and we'll get that uh matt oh yeah we'll get matt yeah we'll get matt on that too he's into it cool make a cool squad Heck hey yeah. you get double double points too really play with more people why didn't you tell anyone EA, this ea EA, come on ea get your stuff together it doesn't make sense to me all right so you're enjoying battlefront 2 yeah okay 
And then uh, is that pretty much it right now? Uh, still slowly making my way f- through Wolfenstein 2. Um, I'm very, very early on, apparently. I talked to Noah about it, and he said, like, I'm still at the very beginning, basically. <laughs> You're still at the tutorial. Yeah, I, I've been playing for maybe six hours. Okay. It's fun. It Wolfenstein 1, New Order is great. New Colossus, I just still gotta get on even it. better. Still got to get on it. So how much, uh, going back to the Battlefront, how much do you pick it up for? Um, I think it was like 35 it, Battlefront 2 is absolutely worth $35. Yeah. Now, the 60 like, I could definitely see the waiting on but if it's $35, like, go and get it. It's worth it. Yeah. Find it for that. Multiplayer only, like, that's a It's just fun price. grinding. I just like, yeah. uh, like upgrading the star cards and, like, getting up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I've been I've like I like I said on the last podcast I've dabbled in Monster Hunter World, not my game. Really? Um, yeah, it's man, it, just the mechanics, just so bad. And then like, there's no real story to bite your teeth into. And then the mechanics are bad. It's just it's just the combat. It's just not my kind of okay. combat. Um, and then I don't know. I, I I would I vastly enjoyed Destiny more than I I played Monster Hunter World. Okay. Um, it's just not my kind of game. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not knocking it. It looks like an awesome game. I mean, um, as we'll get into, it's Capcom's number one selling game ever. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Um, but yeah. So I mean, I, I'm happy it's successful. I'm happy it's found an audience, especially right here in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, because that's a traditionally more tra- Japanese game. Um, and then I played a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters, which oh my god, Eli. are you good at it? I'm okay at it okay and I, I only measure that because the guy who's doing the review for us i played him and he's been playing like the game like constantly like 24 7 and i almost beat him a couple times oh geez. so like okay i'm pre- i'm all right i'm not terrible yeah so much fun man it's such a fun uh, fighting game except for the weird like server they set up the server so weird to where it's like you have to go west coast and you gotta go west coast one two three four five six and then you go into that server and then that gives you this weird like warp room where it's like uh, more people like you who are like standing around and you have to like find a public match or you have to like go to like 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 the training station or like it sounds so too complicated exactly. for any like, what? especially a fighting mm-hmm. game. I was like, what are you doing? This is like the word like and that that's his biggest gripe with it in the uh, review as well. It's like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, I mean, yeah, the gameplay is just too good though to like knock it down to where like oh it's not worth the buy. Um, but oh man, it's a good game. It's a good game. And then it's I, I want to jump into Celeste too. Ooh, I've been hearing good things about Celeste. So maybe one day. That's what I've been. I'm like we were talking about before the show started. I'm in a weird, um, weird position right now where it's like I want to bite my teeth into something, but there's nothing to bite my teeth into, and I want something new too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm gonna try out Celeste maybe tonight. And, um, and like I said, I have to go back and play Wolfenstein. So that, that's another thing where it's like, I'll, I'll hopefully can bite my teeth into one of these games because I really do want to like, I'm waiting for like Spider-Man or God of War or something to like, really like just stay up all night and play because I, I miss yeah. having that, like that urge to be like, Oh, I got one more level. This is definitely like the year of the single player game. I feel like, mm-hmm. especially, uh, with, Sony's first party games. Oh, they're killing it, man. Yeah. They're like all first party or um, single player, I think. Year of the single player game and then year of the kart racer. 
Because I'm telling you, 2018, there's some surprises around the corner. We'll talk about that a little later, too. Okay. Getting into the news. But, I, man, I'm so excited. This is going to be Year of the Kart Racer. I'm so, Oh, man. I'm ecstatic. Now, <laughs> to get into some news. Let's get into it. So the Han Solo movie, Solo. Yeah. We got a trailer for it. We did. On Super Bowl. Yeah. Your thoughts. Um, He looks nothing like Han Solo, sounds nothing like Han Solo. Um, Other than that, it looks pretty interesting. The I, The music in the trailer is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I don't even know who they got to do the, the score for it. No, I don't know either. This movie... Like, mark it here. Someone cut this out. This movie is going to be so fucking good. Is it? I'm so high on it right now. Okay. And I get that he doesn't look exact. I mean, he kind of, he, I could, it's a stretch, but I could kind of see young Han Solo kind of looking like this. Now, I don't know exactly the timeline. This is something I have yeah. to look into a little bit more. I don't know how soon before Empire or uh, New Hope yeah. this is. Uh, but if it is very early 20, not even early 20, it's like, yeah, early 20 is like, well, I guess he was twenty. And I think this is, this is a very in real life. Time, Harrison time Ford was like in his thirties. Yeah, I think he was in his twenties, like mid twenty. I don't know, but uh, interesting to see how this timeline plays out. I can kind of see that being like how young Han Solo looks. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Like you yeah, said, um, he doesn't feel like Han Solo, but everything else about this movie feels like a Han Solo movie. Yeah, which is weird. That everything else besides Han Solo feels like a Han Solo movie. I wish it was a Lando movie. Like, we really got nothing of Lando, and we got enough of Han Solo in the original trilogy. So, I'm hoping Lando steals the show. Yeah, me he probably too. will. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Donald Clover. Yeah. I mean, let's, not, let's not mince words here. No, yeah. The man's a god. Acting genius. But... No, I, I I do too. I wish they would have would have been like a Lando movie, and mm-hmm. then uh, the posters they released with like all the names on it, um, with the Lando poster. I was like, man, that would have worked out so perfectly if they just Lando. But there seems to be a lot in of Lando though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. So, and that that's another part of uh, this um, news story is um, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy revealed that Lucas had planned to do a short. Uh, set visit. However, the filmmaker edit ended up staying a bit longer and helped Ron Howard direct a small scene in the movie involving the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo. He um, wow. intended to just stop uh, by. He it, the quote from Kathleen Kennedy. He had intended to just kind of stop by and say hi, and he stayed for five hours. Kennedy said, uh, "There's even one little moment in that scene. I can't tell you what. Sorry, but the scene on the Millennium Falcon where George said, "Why doesn't Han just do this?'" Um, Howard loved Lucas's suggestion and quickly ran with it. Uh, though Kennedy did not share any further details about the scene, she expects fans will get a laugh out of it. Uh, I think George felt pretty great about that, Kennedy said. Uh, he could revisit these characters, and I, I, uh, I think he felt so comfortable, obviously, with Ron being there, that um, it was just fun for him. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, when Ron Howard took over in the beginning, I was really like skeptical and a little like, upset because i'm a huge fan of uh phil lord and chris miller mm. huge fan and like they can do no wrong so when they left and ron howard took over i was like these directors are not even remotely the same like what's going on? this movie has to have something wrong with it but i 
I really I understand George Lucas coming in and working with Ron Howard just because of their history, and it's like, all right, maybe maybe he gets the feel of it more than anyone. Yeah, well, I, I think it was kind of cool that like it's not even like he's actively working on the project. He just came by to like say yeah. hi, and then he was able to give some wisdom to uh, Ron Howard uh, because, of course, they worked together on American Graffiti. Yeah, uh, George Lucas's like first like like major. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, it's just. Uh, I, it makes first of all with the uh, uh, with the Lord Miller, um, mm-hmm. I want to see that like movie. Like I wish they didn't that switch. cut. I want I want exactly what they were doing. Um, I, I think it's kind of a bummer that Disney involved, but who knows? Maybe it is for the best. But I don't see how it is for the best. I think it was just a little more buddy cop than maybe Disney wanted it than Lucasfilm wanted it. But I think so. That doesn't sound bad. No. Like I'm sure that's how it was like when uh, Han Solo and like Lando were like running together back in the day. Even Han and Chewie like imagine those two working on a movie where one of their main characters doesn't even speak English. Yeah. Oh man. So so good. But no I think it's cool kind of seeing uh, George Lucas come back into the fray. It kind of makes me think that like are we ever going to get another Star Wars, George Lucas-directed Star Wars movie? Never. I don't know about that. I think it's too tempting for George Lucas to stay away from. Yeah. And I think if um, if he signs the contract saying that like Disney ultimately gives cr- creative control of Lucasfilm, then um, I, I can actually see him. I don't know. I don't know anyone if anyone over there wants that to happen. I agree, and I think that was like th- that's the kind of thing with like a breakup is like you need mm-hmm. time apart. But I think there's been time apart to where it's like I could see them dabbling with the idea, and then what's one movie? Like I could see them definitely yeah. like who do we need for this like movie, and then be like oh, but again, total like th- chance of that happening like. Very Not, slim. Yeah, very slim. But I think that would be a very interesting prospect to get a George Lucas directed Star Wars film again. That'd be cool if he came back to do Episode Nine, like just to cap it all off. Yeah, uh, even that I kind of want Spielberg still on that. Spielberg. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, right. No, it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, Abrams. Yeah, yeah, Abrams doing that. Mix them up all the time. They're the same guy. Pretty much. <laughs> But um, no, I'd be really interested to see what that looks like, and um, I don't know. I just interesting kind of thought. Like, could we ever get a George Lucas directed Star Wars movie? I don't know if the world wants that. If it's good, sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think if Disney had creative control of it, I think that'd be very interesting. But yeah, we'll see. I don't think. Just last comment. I don't think George want would want to work on it if Disney had ultimate control anyway. Yeah. I kind of get that, but who knows? Maybe this yeah. little, little, little spark in him that like, man, I could be doing this and the money could be doing this again. That too. And the money running out of that Why not? billions he sold star Wars for. Yeah. <sighs> Somehow. Man. All right. And then in other star Wars news too, HBO's uh, Confederate is reportedly unlikely to happen due to game of Thrones showrunners, David, uh, Benoff and uh, D.B. Weiss uh, recent comment uh, commitment to Star Wars. 
Uh, Deadline reports Confederate won't see the day of light anytime soon as uh, Binoff and Weiss will be too busy working on the new series of Star Wars movies after Game of Thrones ends. Confederate was originally supposed to, uh, to be Binoff and Weiss's next project after Game of Thrones. Uh, final ninth season, which premieres in 2019. Confederate would um, have been set in an alternative timeline during the Third American Civil War uh, when the southern states succeed from the Union to create uh, a nation where slavery, slavery is not only legal but has evolved into a modern institution. Uh, the show received a strong backlash following its announcement. Uh, Benoff and Weiss would have worked on the series with uh, Michelle Tremble. Uh, Spielman uh, the, of The Good Wife uh, Justified and uh, Malcolm Spielman of Empire uh, Game of Thrones Carolyn Strice and Biddiff Caulfield were on board to exe executive produce as well alright yeah that was a lot of interesting names uh, well first off Confederate did you have any opinion on it uh yeah, I really wanted to see this happen, so mm -hmm. I'm really bummed that this isn't happening. Um, again, for more Star Wars by these guys, it's not really a bad trade, mm -hmm. but man, I want to see them go back to it. I want them to like after the Star Wars movies. I want this like I want to see this show. Like okay. it's such an interesting concept, and it's such a um. I don't know it's just alternative history stuff like that really like fascinates me. That's why I like Man in the High Castle so much. Um, that's Great why show. Yeah, it's such a good show. It's like I, I I think it's an interesting idea to kind of visit like the Third American Civil War. Like that, that's exactly how it would have been too. And like I don't know I, I feel like there there could be a lot of good messages that they could have given with that show and kind of sh show the bleak reality that would have been if the South won the Civil War. Okay. Okay. Um, I know. To me, like uh, it's awesome that they're going to direct a Star Wars trilogy at the same time. I like, man, I wanted to see this show real bad. Uh, I was just like curious from the outside, like what other like I probably wouldn't have watched it just because TV shows are not really like a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like every now and then, yeah, but yeah. Um, so anyway, back to Star Wars. I'm interested in what their like actual involvement is going to be in this. Yeah, I think they're full like direct. They're they're set to like write and direct. Write and direct. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, we have like the future Ryan Johnson trilogy. Are so they're also getting their own trilogy. Mm -hmm. That's so too it's, much. It's a lot of Star Wars. I don't think it's too much, man. I <sighs> like I don't know. To me, it's like I could see it's too much of it's bad. Yeah. But if it's good, is it too much? Like, look at these Marvel movies that, like, they, they keep on going on. And, like, I said, the bottom would fall on these movies, and it just hasn't because they're too good. Like, I was watching, I watched Age of Ultron and what's the other one? And Civil War back to back last night. Uh -huh. I was like, man, these movies are just so good. And, like, they, they could be, even Age of Ultron, which is, like, a man movie, is still a pretty good movie. It's good. I yeah. feel like if that's the way Star Wars is going, too, it's like. I can't really complain because that, that world is so cool to me. It is, but my only concern is that they have to make up so much of it, and like it could like it could go very wrong with people, and it could go very right. I know? agree. 
like with the Marvel movies, you have a lot to pull from and combine like different storylines and everything. So pretty much everyone has something that they do like in a movie. But with these, it's it's just so like nebulous. Like it's up to the creators and Disney, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I just love the Star Wars world. And then with these guys, it's like with the Rand Johnson trilogy, I'm very fascinated by. I'm very excited to see what he he can do after uh, what he did to episode eight. I'm interested. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. Um, with the Confederate, um, would you like? I, I know you said you wouldn't really have any interest because you're like a um, not not a big TV show fan, which nor am I. But like the TV shows I do get into, I get really into, and mm-hmm. that seems like a show I would get really into. Um, what do you feel about like the black backlash on it that people were people were basically when it, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, for the listeners out there who don't know, uh, when they announced Confederate was happening, that like there was like everybody basically like you can't make this show, yeah, like don't make this show, like you're we're gonna boycott HBO essentially, yeah, because of um, just the racial tension that Problems. we have, in, yeah, that we have in America today. Um, I guess. Uh, my response to all of the backlash and everything was that like, I get it. It would, and I'm not saying they shouldn't make it, but like at the same time, it would be interesting if other people were making it or other people were involved. Like if you look at movies like the, um, birth of a nation, not the original one, but the one that came out like couple years ago i think mm. made by black filmmakers or whatever from like a black perspective on like an issue uh that was totally anti-black people back in the day and like 13th on um netflix it, i think it'd be more interesting if there was more of a black perspective on it like a black lens on it rather than I can see why it's people think it's problematic because it's a lot of white story or filmmakers or storytellers or whatever making this show about like the white people enslaving black people, you know? Yeah. I could see why that's an issue. I, you know, it's the creative world. Anything could happen and you got to let artistic freedom reign. And when it gets made, if it's bad, then it's bad. And everyone knows it's bad, but you can't really say unless it's made. Yeah, that, that's also me where I come down on it too. It's like, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. Like, and I would want to watch that show too if mm-hmm. it was uh, from uh, like a black director's and black writer's perspective. But um, I also feel like in the marketplace of creativity, I feel like if you don't like it, then just don't want like just don't watch it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're giving more of a platform to it by making a big deal of it. Um, I feel like uh, it would hurt them a lot more if you were just to not watch it. But at the same time, it's like, I, I it, it gets sticky because it's like, I, I do feel like that story can be told really well from like, like any perspective. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter like black, white. I feel like there's in a historical sense too. I feel like, a lot can be touched on and there could be a lot of issues that, 
are done correct. But again, we, we we're not gonna know. Yeah, it's not gonna be made at least until after Star Wars. So um, I don't know. Just interesting. I'd pick your brain on that. Um, I I, th- I feel like that's another example of people being a little upset over something that yeah maybe isn't I that big of a deal. That's uh, one of like an issue, a big issue I have just with the uh, social. Not just not social justice warrior. I don't like that term, but like social justice community, like outrage just yeah. happens for like no reason almost. It's outrage for outrage's sake. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. And like, I, as much as I hate to agree with some people who like say that and are also like shitty people, like it does happen. Yeah, no, and uh, it, it happens on both sides too, and that's mm-hmm. what it. it it gets to a point where it's like, okay, you're being written on both sides. It's like, uh, on the right, it's like with the, when Starbucks took Christmas off the Christmas cups and like, oh, what a big fucking deal that was to yeah. everybody, especially like me growing up, like uh, uh, super religious and like in that small conservative town, like everyone made such a big deal of it and then just nothing. It's like they were just, they were being angry to be angry at something. Mm-hmm. And it's so ridiculous. It's like there are bigger things that you could be fighting for or being angry about and you're choosing to be angry about a coffee cup. I feel like same way about the left that they get so hung up on like, ah, don't make this TV show. Like stop making art. It's so anti like their stance on everything else. Yeah. It, it, it also gets me proud. Like you can only make this art if you're this skin color. Like that, that, that rubs me the wrong way too. It's like, what if you don't like it? Like I said, don't watch it. And mm-hmm. I feel like there are other ways that you're, energy that you're using toward this could be used in a more positive ch- way to make change i feel like there are other things that uh could be tackled that you should be focusing your energy on aside from two people just tr- tr- trying to make entertainment trying to make a show yeah and tell a story um r- regardless of skin color but again that's coming from assist straight white male like me so it's like i know i i I just find it so fascinating that how angry people get about like the dumbest shit in journalism we have like the uh marketplace of ideas Mm -hmm. and i once i learned about that in school i kind of like applied it to pretty much every aspect of life like Mm -hmm. uh basically it's if an idea is bad just like a product is bad then it won't be taken on by anyone Mm -hmm. so you know it's okay to have bad ideas it's okay for people to be nazis because how many nazis are in america yeah how How many many people are in america and how many people like now what percentage of americans are nazis we as a people we hate nazis like the the humanity not just america you know yeah no I, i mean absolutely like i agree and that's like where that's where, like, uh, I've had this uh, discussion on your show, Good Life Digest, about, mm-hmm. like, comedy, about, like, it's the same idea. It's, like, um, th- there is, like, there's no such thing as, like, not bad comedy, because there's always going to be bad comedy, but, like, you can't get mad at a bad joke. Yeah. Like, you, you can't be a good joke and a bad joke coming from the same place. And then it's the same thing with, like, like I was saying, like Nazis, like how many not like categorically the KKK and Nazis are smaller than they've probably ever been. In yeah. And it's such a small percentage, but they're, they get the most televised. So it seems a lot bigger than it is. Um, 
yeah, just let the mar- marketplace of ideas kind of work itself out. And I, I feel like it's worked time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, have a shitty view. Like, be like, and have we'll, a shitty view. No one, you're going to be the only one shouting that from the rooftops and no one's going to be taking you seriously or listening to you. If it's legitimately shitty, then the whole world will let you know. It's not just a subsection of people, you know? Yeah, it, well, that's what I was saying on, um, it was another podcast. I, it's all muddled. Um, but about like the the rape thing, it's like no one's in the corner going like, "Woo!" Like rape, <laughs> like no, like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all for it. We're all categorically against rapists mm-hmm. and like sexual assault. Like there's no one who's like championing sexual assault. So it's like it, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to take a step back and like get perspective of everything and yeah. like like should I really be this mad about this? No, answer probably no. Not until it comes out, and then it's. It does something horrible, like when it this is how it should out, be. Yeah. yeah, then there's cause for concern, but there's no one's seen anything of what this show could even possibly be. Exactly. And yeah, I, I agree. But just interesting, interesting how mad people get. I always find that fascinating. Yeah. In um, last entertainment piece of news that we have, uh, Movie Pass. If you're familiar. Uh, is the subscription service where uh, where it allows you to see one movie a day for nine ninety five a month? It has finally reached two million subscribers. This is less than a month after MoviePass reached uh, one point five million subscribers, uh, and seven weeks after hitting one million subscribers. MoviePass has continued to gain new subscribers at a rapid rate since it's lowered its monthly subscription fee from fifty dollars to nine ninety five this past August. In September of last year, the company projected to reach. 2.5 million subscribers over the next 12 months based on the dramatic increase in the uh, number of movie pass subscribers over such a short period of time. We believe that movie pass will continue to grow its subscriber base significantly movie pass CEO, Mitch Lau said. All right. What do you, so I, I just want to throw this piece of news in there because I think it's interesting how much movie pass has grown from something I've never heard of. To where something was fifty dollars a month, yeah, to nine ninety five to go see any movie once a day. Nine ninety five is ridiculous. That is a steal. Yeah, good sir. That's less than a movie ticket. Yeah, and I know there's like a lot of restrictions and everything, but like you go to one movie and a month, and you basically pay for. Well, even everything. even with the restrictions, it's like. Um, you just have to be like close to a movie theater, uh-huh. and then like from where I am right now, Movie Pass actually reaches like the local, lo- local theater theater in Hayward. Can you see any movie? Uh, yeah, essentially. Now uh, I know on the bottom of this article, I forgot what it said. I think it was AMC. Uh-huh. Is now you now can't use Movie Pass with it, which okay. is weird. I don't even know how they make it work. I don't even know the back end of this business, but yeah. I I could I could either see the saving movie theaters or killing them off. Like, I feel like this is very, like, uh-huh. it's one way or the other. And I could kind of see it saving movie theaters. I could see a lot more people going to see movies at a lot more frequent rate than they would have with MoviePass. I think so, especially because of the extreme low cost. Like, going from $60 to 10 is ridiculous just in itself. But then 10 movies to see a, $10 to see a movie every day for a month like potentially is ju- like it, 
It's a no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. And then especially, like, in, like in this house, I know my roommates. Um, I, I tag along every once in a while, but, like, uh, my roommates, every Tuesday at the discounted movie, uh, movie like, uh, rates on or on Tuesdays here, mm-hmm. um, they go, like, every week, every Tuesday. So it's like, if they had this, they're paying nine ninety five. dollars And they didn't even have to worry $40. about. Yeah. Ridiculous. And... There's just there's so many great movies that come out that are like under the radar, I guess. Or even yeah. movies you wouldn't necessarily see, like yeah, like Lucy when that came out. Like I wouldn't necessarily see that, but no. like if I had Movie Pass and I was bored on a Thursday night, I could go and watch Lucy for, mm-hmm. for free, essentially. Yeah. Um, there's just so many. There's so much potential for this, and yeah, I could see it sa- see it saving movie theaters. Um, but I, I'm not like a economist or anything. I don't know exactly how it works. And like I remember years and years ago, they started with just AMC theaters, I believe. And I thought that was a cool idea back then. And it's only gotten the ranges just grew and grew. So I think subscri- people are more prone to buy subscription based services these days than yeah. like a la carte. Yeah, especially if they like, I mean, shoot, if you go see movies like twice if you see a movie twice a month like this is a no-brainer for you yeah even if it's once a month like you said like it's already paid for itself i think i might pick it up one of these days i i i, I, I want to dabble i uh-huh. want to see i, I mean 9.95 like that's why not like that's what that's that's a meal or that's two starbucks that's drinks uh popcorn and a drink at a movie theater yeah and then I, I also can see uh, movie theaters making a lot off the back end off this too. Uh-huh. Like if you're getting that many people into theaters, like where do they make most of their money? Concessions. The, yeah. Be interested. It's weird that AMC pulled out like that because it's like I could, I'm sure that benefits them significantly. Uh, now they just have people not, okay, I just won't go to AMC. Yeah, I guess I could, the AMC theaters are a little more like, uh, upscale i guess than you're just like the average theater so i could see why they would do that because maybe they think they have more of a quality product but like it's really not that much different. it's not no yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's one of those things where it's like you're kind of dumb to like do that but and we still have like boutique theaters too you know yeah yeah so i've never actually been to a boutique theater they're pretty cool i i recommend it highly recommend it i'm all about the restaurant theaters though I'll tell you what, get those mac and cheese bites Ooh. while I'm sitting there watching The Last Jedi. Yeah. Bring out a milkshake. I'm sorry. just sitting oh there. Oh, my God. And then anytime, they just come up to you, and they're so sneaky, too. You're like, they're right there. Yeah. They're right they there next to you. Sneak around, calling on all fours, popcorn on their back. I know. It's a, it's amazing. Amazing time we live in here I in know. America. So good. It's not slavery. No, not at all. Are you going to see Black Panther? Uh, Yeah. I wanted to get... Uh, opening night tickets um, at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco, but whoo that sold out fast. And doing. did not expect that because I got Thor tickets like the day before, and that was no big deal. That's what's so great about living in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. I can always go see an open, it's Star Wars. Every Star Wars movie I was able to go see uh, opening night. Mm-hmm. Without any problems, reserve seat, nice seat, everything. Now I, I'm having difficulty. So if you're watching this and you're in the East Bay, if you know a good restaurant theater over here in the East Bay, let me know. Let your boy know. I can't think of any. 
I, I, I want to get on that. Because I'll tell you what, I'm so excited for Black Panther. They're great. Black Panther is going to be great. Boy, I, I watched Thor uh, Ragnarok three times, and I feel like so I'm going to watch Black Panther even so more. good. Man, uh, man, what a time to be alive, Eli. Speaking of time to be yes. alive, into gaming news. Yes. And this is more directed toward me. I just want to talk about this. Uh, new Crash Bandicoot. Um, is a possibility. Max uh, Aguilera, manager of merchandising company GBI, um, is uh, responsible for the rumor following an expert spotted in DHX Brands licensing source book Europe. He also stated that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy would be coming to the PC and Switch. The new game has a huge success at retail with no marketing spend. Uh, next year, it's going uh, going to be broader, Switch and PC. And there will be no uh, another game in 2019. Activision has a five-year plan for this. GBI is delight delighted to be fully on board for all projects. Uh, for those of you just listening, when he said Insane Trilogy was coming to Switch, my mouth dropped open because that are is you not fucking perfect. excited now there's a little bit of me a little bit of a playstation fanboy inside me a little young mike doherty yeah it was so yeah. hardcore playstation going up with playstation that it kills me a little bit inside that's going to other consoles it's but been on nintendo consoles before next this month i'm making a die for a switch Really? And I can't wait to fucking play those games again, even though I've pretty much platinumed all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. You can play it on the go now. I know. Imagine I get the that. Bandicoot on the go, not in 4K. No, that's true. But on the go. Everything's better on the go. Everything's better on the go. You don't need 4K. No 4K. Not needed. But, uh, dude, I'm so excited. And then and the new game, I have a. I think it's going to be CTR. Because I think in that year of production, uh-huh. they could crank out one CTR remaster. And then after that, I think it's a new game. So you think the remaster, CTR remastered is the next yeah, thing? Yeah, I think that's the 2019 game that's going to be slated. We're going to get an announcement at E3. Mark my words. Remember this. Okay. Uh, it's going to be announced at E3. It's going to be uh, Crash Remastered. And they're going to announce the next game, the new game, which is going to be 2020. Wow. All in the same time because they Crash Bandicoot is hype right now. And then releasing a CTR. More people have more nostalgia for the CTR than they do for actual Crash games. Which is weird. It is really weird, but I've noticed that. I've I've mo- noticed more people on my like uh Facebook feed of just people like like older people, people who have no interest in video games. All the Crash posting, Bandicoot like, IGN Facebook video of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to get a CTU, you know, those dumb fucking videos? Yeah. Where every fucking outlet has like nine of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, wouldn't this be cool to like get this back? Like, I hate those fucking videos. But yeah, <laughs> um, posting that and be like, oh my gosh, like I want this to happen. Like, it, it, it's weird. It's weird like how people are more attached to the kart racer than the actual core games, but that kart racer is so good. I'm surprised it, more people. Best kart racer ever. Hands down. We'll if they see. remaster, update the visuals, everything, best card racer ever. Just mark my words. Mario Kart 8, pretty good. I'm telling pretty you good. right now, sir, CTR remastered beats Mario Kart 8. It just blows out of the water. It's not even a competition. All right. You got to play it, sir. Have you played CTR? I don't think CTR? so. You'll see. You're about to have your fucking base blown off. Sir. Okay. So good. Sure. So good. But I'm excited. 
course. And you think that's 2019? I think, yeah, CTR's 2019 game that, uh, that he's talking about. And then I think the new game is going to be 2020. Uh, and the only reason I think that is because Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy took a year to remaster. Okay. That's three games. Yeah. That from uh, when they announced it to release, it was just about a year. Okay. Um, a little over because it was in June. And I guess E3's in June too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's in June. And then this one, CTR, a year, 2019. It's going to be announced E3 and then released in, like, summer of 2019. And then I could see them, uh, the new game, of course, is going to need a little longer than a year. So mm-hmm. give them two years to develop the new game. Boom. 2020. All right. Now it's the same time. I hope so. I and hope it comes sooner. Mind blows. Mind Six blows. Six blows everywhere. Well, we'll see. We'll see what Sean Layden's shirt predicts ah, that bastard it's gonna be spyro too watch didn't he have spyro last year did he i don't think he had a spyro shirt yet ever uh, mm. mark my words too we're getting a spyro remaster i'm telling you this is the year man these last couple years have been good to me i'll tell you what i'd play a spyro spyro remastered game over crash so fucking in my opinion fuck you eli that's what i think about you sir wow i, I have more history with spyro that's all <laughs> i, I gotta say to each his own i love i love spyro too i'd play the fuck out of a spyro remaster Mostly the first game because that's where more, more, more of my nostalgia lies. But they put that little purple bastard in CTR. Interesting. I'll tell you what. We're building up that that PlayStation uh, mascot universe. It might not even be PlayStation anymore because like it's going Switch and PC, which is weird. We're not. Xbox. But who's pushing it? Who's who's getting the ball rolling? Sony. Sony. You're right. You're right. No, I, and that's going to be interesting, too, to actually see Mario kind of have competition. Like, the way For that once. Crash game sold, Mario's going to have competition again. Yeah. Which is going to be very interesting with the same level. Of, like, there are people like me who grew up with Crash who have the same level of nostalgia for Crash than, you know, my older brother did for Mario. Okay. So, it's a weird, weird strange time where yeah. it's like we're actually going to start. The mascot wars are yeah. coming back. That's what I'm talking about. Where's Where's Master Chief? Where the fuck is Master Chief? Yeah, who cares? God, Halo Five was so bad. Um, speaking of c- cool announcements, I guess Ben and I, Namco is rumored to be working on a Metro Prime Four for Switch, according uh, to reports earlier this week. Bandai Namco, Namco was reported to be working on Ridge Racer Eight and an unannounced first-person shooter game. Uh, for uh, both of which are Switch exclusives, according uh, to the resume of a Bandai Namco developer on LinkedIn. Always these links with goddamn LinkedIn. Stop now it posting looks, stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> nobody learns. Now it looks like the uh, FPS game might uh, well be Metroid Prime 4. According to multiple sources, Eurogamer reports the rumor uh, the game is in development at Bando Nankai Namco. Man, I'm Bandai Namco. It's too late. Uh, has been uh, verified by its sources, although the studio has made no official confirmation on the matter. Metroid Prime 4 is apparently being worked on by uh, Bandai Nank- Namco Studios Singapore, uh, which Eurogamer says is the lead studio on the game in collaboration with Nintendo. And okay. Then, yeah. And this was confirmed. They announced that E3 last year. Okay. So. My thoughts, yeah, uh, could never get past like the first few hours of Metroid Prime One, so I'm not 
I have no really ties to Metroid at all. Um, Bandai Namco, pretty competent developers though, so I'm sure it's gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited to see like, is this gonna get like the Breath of the Wild treatment? Like, is this gonna completely sh- reshape of like what Metroid is? That's what I'm excited for because the old Metroid yeah. I can give two fucks about, but if they were to revamp it and make it like a Breath of the Wild situation. Count me in. Ooh, doctor. I can see that. Like, a, imagine, well, I don't know. I guess I haven't played enough Metroid Prime to say, like, what it is. But I'm thinking, like, maybe, like, a Fallout-style Metroid game that could that could probably I mean, interested too, because it's a first-person shooter, too. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. And on the Switch, too, which is, like, personally not my favorite place to play first-person shooters. Um, just cause the, there's no triggers, it's just buttons on the back. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. You don't have that pro controller? No. Fucking up. Like I said, when I get my switch, I have you over for Mario Kart. Oh yeah. Play some Cario Mart. Cario Mart. You got to finish your drink by the end of the race. I'm sorry. said you got to finish your drink by the end of the race. Okay. It's real wild. Yeah. That sounds fun actually. That's what I'm about. Anything Mario Kart is right up my alley. <laughs> Crash Team Racing. Eh, we'll see, man. We'll I'm, see. Yeah, I'm going to make you a believer. Just we'll wait. see. We're going to have a launch party for that. All Just right. have everyone over. Come 2019. Nice. That'd be so exciting. I like the idea of that. Well, I like that. Um, so, there's also been layoffs in Camp, Capcom Vancouver. Uh, Capcom Vancouver has undergone a, uh, undergone a re- construction uh which has impact uh impacted approximately 30 percent of the studio as part of its regular uh periodic assessment of upcoming projects and overall studio goals the team is continuing to work hard to support the recent release of uh puzzle fighter for mobile and is dedicated to its flagship dead rising series according to a source that spoke to kutaku capcom Vancouver's uh unannounced project has been canceled and capcom has cut uh, the scope of the dead, next Dead Rising game, the unannounced game, has uh, been greenlit as of um, earlier uh, as a very early prototype. Prototype, fuck, man, it's too late for me. <laughs> the title uh, would have been a third-person action adventure game taking place in an alternative reality version of New York. Dead Rising Three is fucked. Dead Rising Three. That's what I got from this. That's Aren't we on like six? Feels like it. Too goddamn long. Yeah, there's too many Dead Rising. I'm surprised that if that's their flagship game. Like, I get it. They've been making them pretty consistently for the past, like, 10 years. But, like, I don't know. I don't. When I think Capcom, I don't think Dead Rising. I think, oh, yeah. like, Street Fighters. I mean, especially uh, with the next. Yeah, I, I think that's phasing out since Monster Hunter uh, World's Capcom's fastest selling game ever. Uh, which is was a surprise to me when I read this. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, for I mean, for real, Monster Hunter World has been flying off the shelves by all accounts, with five million copies shipped in three days. Jeez! God damn! Capcom. Wow. Following its launch, Capcom has also reported uh, units have shipped uh, uh, as reached six million mark, uh, making it uh, the fastest-selling Capcom game to date. 
um, and that's just on consoles. The PC version has the potential to inject some momentum into the game's sales figures when it releases later this year. Capcom announced the milestone on its website, which uh, later shared on the official Japanese Monster Hunter World Twitter account. Uh, while units shipped isn't the same as units sold, it's an indicator of the game's popularity. Uh, Monster Hunter World is currently sitting at the top of the paid game category on Xbox One and PlayStation Store, beating out PUBG. Damn. PUBG got beat. God damn. Finally. I'll tell you what. Didn't see this coming. Didn't no. see it being this big of a thing. Not at all. Six million shipped, five million sold. Like that's that's like not small potatoes. And like three days, five million sold in three days. That yeah, that's ridiculous. Who? Yeah. Who? Monster Hunter. Get out of here. Get, I know. Get, that's ridiculous. The only people I heard talking about Monster Hunter before were these people have been playing Monster Hunter for years on 3DS, um, and people like I, I don't know Japanese people. Or people who are into Japanese culture. Yeah. There's a word for it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know who you are. But uh, I'm surprised it's doing so well, especially on console, because it's like pretty much been a handheld game It's in its entirety, um, I think. I so, yeah. I'm surprised... Uh, it's just doing so well I outside of Japan. Congrats. I mean, hats off to Capcom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, I played it, not my game. Um, letting you borrow my copy. Hey. Yeah, so get into it. Because I'll I give it a shot. Make the $60 worth it. Um, and like I said uh, earlier in the episode, you're the kart racer. Uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, which is a terrible fucking name. Uh, a leaked... Uh, Internal presentations suggest that Sumo Digital has a new kart racing game in development. Could it be another Sonic and Sega All-Stars uh, racer? Or uh, slides from the presentation were posted on Reset Era after the link to the original was removed. Um, as well as the karting game, there are apparently two first-person shooter titles also in works. Um, as with most leaks, uh, these details could be out to date or false, but if correct, the details included are interesting. Uh, the in development slide uh, cites a multiple project collaboration with an internal publishing partner uh, for a PC console, uh, PC to console, first person shooter. Uh, the second title mentions an unannounced major partner uh, for an original first person shooter within the established global IP. The unannounced carding game will also be uh, part of an established global IP uh, with original development. Uh, Soma Digital has previously previously developed the Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing series, so odds are the kart racer title would be another entry into the franchise. Dead Island 2 is another already in development uh, already in development at the studio um, after it took uh, over a year uh, Jaeger development in 2016. So one of the first-person uh, shooter games could refer to that title. And then, of course, rumors of Perfect Dark swir- like swirling around. The other game could be Perfect a Dark. A remake or a remaster? Um, I think uh, it's not clear. I think it's a, like a like a re like a relaunch, okay. like a hard reset on Perfect Dark. Interesting. The Kart Racer also could be Crash Team Racing. It could be. I could see Suo Digital doing the remaster for Kart uh, Crash Team Racing. Mm. Uh, but the Sega games are really popular. The racing kart racers, which I played them, not bad kart racers. Yeah, not Mario Kart. 
but not a bad. Sega's not Nintendo. They never, never have were. been. You know what I say? Sega can, but Nintendo don't. Okay. He dropped the paper. Uh, that was basically a mic drop. Uh, Sega's fine. Sonic's not that good. Sega's terrible. Just as as a Sony kid, Sega's terrible. Yeah. And when you say Sega All-Stars, Sonic and Sega All-Stars or whatever. Sega? No, it's Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. What a fucking terrible name for Who are these Sega All-Stars they're talking about? Pac-Man. Is that even Sega? Really? No, that's not even a, that's not even a Sega All-Star. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking... Tails? I, yeah, I can only think of Sonic characters. Like, all right, we got Knuckles, Tails. Just make it a Sonic Kart Racer. They want to add... Uh, I don't even know. I no, don't even yeah. know another Sega Who property. Else? Jet Set Radio? Um, I mean, they make like the alien games, like Alien... I guess, man. Whatever throw it's called. Alien in that. Yeah, throw uh, Xenomorph in there. Weird would that look? Pretty weird, but they need all they can get right now. That's <laughs> that's their biggest all-star. I feel it, man. I feel it. And it's just interesting. I could, I'll, Like I said, I could see that being the... Um, the crash, crash Team the Racing. Crash Team Racing, which would be interesting. Um... I only relate Sumo to Little Big Planet three and Mod Nation Racers. Don't you forget and Mod Nation. Okay, I wasn't sure if they made that too. So, yeah, why why couldn't it be Crash Team Racing? I could totally see it. Yeah, that Little Big Planet. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing like a Little Big Planet Racing. No, Little so Big bad. Planet's dead. I'm sorry, guys. I agree. I, I agree. Like three, whatever. One was an alright game. Two was an alright game. The PSP one was pretty good. I'll give them that. You mean Vita or PSP? PSP. The Vita one was the definitive version. Oh, Sorry. really? But some people forget about the Vita, and that's why it's dead. Eli. I just never had one. I don't forget. I just, I'm not going to buy one. Bastard. Sorry. You bastard. That's why it fell. Failed. That's why it fell. Yeah. Fell from glory. Switch has it beat at this point. I know, bastards. Crafty bastards at Nintendo. Long live the PSP. God, for real. What a, what a system. Let's just take Bring a moment back. and talk about the PSP. I feel like that's what's important. Okay. I saw my original PSP. God damn, what a console. The original? Is it the fat one or is it someone? Um, It was, okay, not the the original, my original. So it was the second generation one. Mm, me too. I had that one too. Yeah. Uh, the Daxter bundle? Um, I don't think it was a bundle. Just straight up PSP. That's what I'm talking about. I got a Daxter bundle for getting Heck straight yeah. C's in school. Nice. That's how bad I failed at school. My mom's like, just get a C and like, I'll buy you something nice. I mean, Daxter wasn't that great. The Daxter, punishment fits the, the game crime. Was fucking great. Uh, that was a great game. Okay. I hate you so much, Eli. Uh, Daxter was a phenomenal PSP game. It was fine. I hate you. PSP was a great console. Though. PSP was great. Never forget. Yeah. Now, for the last story, rounding out um, the stories, the Google Box rumor. Have you heard of this? No. You haven't? Okay, here we go. Strap in your feet bags, ladies and gentlemen. Google may be preparing to make a big grab at the global video game business by launching its own subscription-based game streaming service. Uh, reports the information. Um Citing sources with knowledge of the project, the Google service could offer uh, could be offered via Google's Chromecast or potentially even a Google-made console. According to the report, uh, the streaming service 
plan, apparently codenamed Yeti, has been kicking around the halls of the tech giant for around two years. It also points uh, to former Xbox and uh, PlayStation executive Phil Harrison joining Google last month as vice president and GM um, as a sign something may indeed be afoot. Harrison also served as uh, on the advisory board of cloud gaming service provider Gaikai. Uh, prior to Gaikai's acquisition, acquisition of Sony Interactive Entertainment in 2012, that was only in 2012. Yeah, that seems so much farther. I remember that happening. They were in bad shape. Remember how much their stocks were down? Gaikai? Remember, no, uh, Sony when they oh when yeah acquired Gaikai, and people are like, "Why are you spending this much money?" And we still don't know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> we still yes, have no now. idea why they spent that much money. And I remember that was around the time PlayStation All Stars was coming out. Mm-hmm. I was stoked. I was a stoked young Milad. Should have spent more money on that. For real. Gaikai, who needs it? Such a sad development. And from um, just getting on the, uh, this PlayStation All-Stars thing, so we browsed, like, kind of touched on it too. Such a sad, like, story for, like, a publisher. Because, uh, so mm-hmm. I've been working on a um, video essay on PlayStation All-Stars, and I've been reaching around to a couple, of, like, developers. Um Sounds like it went pretty sour. Yeah. Like, just, like, reaching out for information. Sounds like it did not end well. There's a lot of stuff that, like, I won't talk about on record, of course. Um, But it doesn't sound sound like they were very happy with Sony Sony at all. I feel like it was an expectation that they set, and then they reached it, and they were like, "Eh, it's still not good enough. Uh We're pulling the plug on this. They just, there wasn't a lot of support by Sony, and there wasn't a lot of people buying it. I mean, a million's not bad for an exclusive. Yeah. Especially PS3. I, I think if you release that in PlayStation 4 now, I think you have a very different story. Yeah. Especially system. because there's no Smash out there right now. Um, I mean, there's the Wii U one, but that's years no, old, and no who has a Wii, Wii U? U. Mm-hmm. And people want that Smash on the Switch. Sony comes in under the rug, gives you PS All-Stars to the... With Crash Bandicoot. With Crash Bandicoot. To Bandicoot. The Bandicoot. <laughs> to the, what, whatever, 70 million PS4 owners out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we'd be looking at a very different story. Yeah. God, if only they just waited. Why'd they have to pull the plug so soon? And I don't know. I don't know if they could do it again. Like, um, it was Superbot, right? Mm-hmm. They they had, like, a pretty good system going on. It wasn't a bad game. No, it was, it was a really good game. I played yeah. in that game night one. Like, I platinumed that game wow. the day I got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was very hardcore into that game. I was so excited for that game when that came out. And it's just sad that that studio shuttered. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw nothing else from them. And I just feel like... Uh, I could see Sony doing a remaster of that game. Not like a remaster, but like bringing it over to PS4 uh, to test the waters and see if they could do it again. I, I could see them being that crazy enough to do that. I hope so. I, like... I really, really had fun with it. And Nintendo's not giving us Smash anytime soon, it looks like. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Second best, which <laughs> isn't bad. Yeah, uh, not bad. Not bad company. Yeah. Um, But with the Google rumor. Yeah. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about Google trying to m- make their way into the gaming space? Space? Um, I'm unsure of what this even means, really. Because they have their whole... uh android system you know so it could be an android thing like we don't know um another fucking ooh yeah yeah something like that 
That's my fear. Please, God, no. Um, or it could be that, or it could be like a competitor with Steam or something. Because who, who's one of the biggest tech names out there? Like Google, like internet-based anything, you go with Google, you know? Launch day, Team Fortress 3. Could, I don't know if they could do that. <laughs> partner with Steam, son. Oh, partner with Steam? The power of Google. Hmm, hmm. Steam does need some work, some cleaning up. What if they did? What if they combined the Google box with the Steam box? That would be a pretty, that'd be a powerhouse. That'd be interesting. I think that's the only way this succeeds. Uh huh. Is them attaching and being like, this, we're like getting into it this way. We, we have a proven like publisher with us. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to make the hardware for it. Uh, I, I think if they try to take them head on, I don't think it's going to end very well. No. And it would be also really interesting to have another American-based company in the game space, mm-hmm. seeing how Microsoft's not doing too well. My thing is, with an American-based one like Microsoft, will it just fail? Like, not my, I mean, Microsoft hasn't failed, but like failed to reach... Oh, it's uh, filled international. Else. Yeah, it's fair. It's yeah. filled everywhere. It's amazing like how much the US market kinda kinda keeps something up like uh-huh. an Xbox. Uh-huh. Like it's still selling really well and it only really sells in America. I personally just don't know like the pull that Google has around the world outside of the US. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it'd be very interesting. It'd be interesting. I, I, I see it working out in these Japanese markets if they put out RPGs like JRPGs like games that they like like mm-hmm. you know but, yeah it's weird it's a weird future to think about Google trying to get in but again yeah. this is the same thing people said about Xbox and Sony when they were trying to get in so it's like could it happen maybe I think it's too late for them we're already at a space where consoles are not nothing like they used to be like the time when Xbox when Microsoft came out with Xbox it was a little more uh reasonable and like conceivable to put out a new console but right now in this space it's it's kind of crazy like unless they could be the first um modular console you know is that what do you mean by that uh like you buy your basic like xbox for example and then you take out bits and pieces and upgrade it to a one X, but you don't buy a one X. You just replace like the chips and stuff, the processors. Interesting. That'd be very interesting. Cause they've, um, in the past they have like a lot of ideas and prototypes for modular cell phones. So I could see that coming into the console space. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And I'm oh, sorry about that. Um, that, and then I can also see, like I said, uh, like I think a partnership would kind of help them. Yeah. Like something big. And then we know Amazon's trying to get into the game space too. They are. I, I not not in like an Amazon box. Please uh-huh. God, don't do that. But um but with like video game like games. Mm-hmm. Like it would be yeah, it's just gonna be an interesting time. Everyone's trying to cash in on this. Just like how GameStop started making their own games, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just an evolving platform and I mean Amazon they don't need the money like GameStop does to stay afloat, but uh, Amazon produced game could be pretty good. Like their movies are. I mean, look at the big sick. Yeah. I mean, won so many awards last year. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess this year too. Um, 
and it was a Amazon Studios film, and it was put out in theaters, and it's free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, they have a lot of money to throw around. Be very interesting. Interesting how this works out. Eli. Yes. We're getting to the last segment of this podcast. All right. Games that so the, for those of you, this is a very different like style podcast that from completely consensual than usual. This is my first, I wanted to take a shot, see how this works with the news format. Mm -hmm. Um, so leave feedback down below. See if you like this news format. I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, hopefully I'll be able to fill more guests and be able to interview more, have it in. Like I said, when big games come out, it's going to be a lot easier not to stay away from the news and just have you jump in and kind of, Talk about what's going on there. Mm -hmm. What's the future of that? We're in a little slow spot right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's why interesting time to kind of uh, just look play, at things. Yeah, play yeah. play with like the news format. Yeah, for completely consensual. Um, but I wanted to have a little topic to show Eli. Yeah. What is the best game experience you've had, or like most fun game experience you've had in your lifetime? So I was thinking about this and. I wanna I'd say like the most fun I had with games was definitely when I was younger, like elementary school and stuff, and everything was just fun and I'd play like the crappy Spider Man three tie in game and I had so much fun. I bought it twice. Mm -hmm. I bought it on the Wii and I was swinging around with my Wiimotes. Oh god. So bad. And I had a lot of fun. Um but I gotta go with my most fun I've ever had with a game. Borderlands 2. I, it was me and my buddy Jake, my best friend, just playing through it. Uh, I'd say, you know what? Not just Borderlands 2. The entire Borderlands trilogy. Wow. Like, it, it it's such a fun game in itself. Like, the the writing is funny. The, the gameplay loop, the hooks, like, it really gets you in. You play it multiple times, multiple characters multiple builds like it's endless fun on its own and then you throw in playing with like your best friends and just goofing off and doing like these crazy missions where you're fighting like quote-unquote ninja turtles in the sewers and it's just like I, I can't even explain how much fun it is I like I'm not the best Borderlands player or anything like I, I don't get super into it but my buddy Jake pretty much would run through it just to get as many runs in and grind as much as he can to get like the best loot and everything. So just the, the polar opposite dynamics mm -hmm. that we had playing together really like, um, built this unique experience where I was always like going around checking every loot box seeing like, Oh, maybe I could get some more ammo. I don't know. I probably don't need another 500 bullets, but maybe I could. And then he's out like two miles ahead of me onto the next quest, and I'm just we're just talking pretty much, um, hanging out. It's one of those games where you can just hang out and play, but also something will capture you while you're playing, and you're both silent. Like this is an intense game. Yeah. Like there's boss fights and everything, kind of like Destiny, but I'm not gonna go into that. Um. It's it's just like a platform for you to hang out with your friends and also play games with them at the same time. Yeah, well, and it's like the time and place too of like of the game. Like, do you like do you ever get like the nostalgic feelings of like I know exactly like how that day felt? 
yeah playing game and like yeah where i was what the room lighting was like what like just like like who was with me and like just like the feeling you got when playing the games like oh man it's so so good like i i always harken back to when the new the uh updated twisted metal came out on ps3 mm-hmm. i remember it was a snow day and uh i was, uh, I was high school i think and it was a snow day and I just remember, like, um, or I was hoping for a snow day the next day, and there was just snow coming down outside, and I was just like, yes, like, yes, like, just hunker in and play this game, and just playing that game. Mm-hmm. It's like it's weird how you like attach things like that to, to like memories. Like yeah, that. like it's just so weird. And I just remember being like, like a warm feeling, like, oh yeah, I get to play this all day tomorrow and off school, mm-hmm. like kind of a feeling. Um, with me, uh, a big one. Uh, Crash Bash, which was like uh, the party game for uh, Crash games. I just remember sitting, you know, uh, Indian style with my sister, just beating all the levels and trying to like 100% it. That was like PS1, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I I definitely played that. It was the last Crash game on the, on the PlayStation 1. Um, it's good. actually pretty good, too. Um, yeah, so, man. So the, that game... Um, just like getting all like the trophies, the crystals and the, uh, the gems and each level and like, man, that game's just so good. And then, um, again, nostalgia, if I went back and I played with no nostalgia, it probably wouldn't be as good. Um, unless they remaster it again. Don't please don't not remaster no? Crash Bash. I mean, okay. I would like it, but like it, what you would have to update some things. That's okay. Remake it. Polar push. You get on the little polar bears. Yeah. Knock each other off the ice. I'll tell you what. Fun? Undefeated. Okay. I'll take any motherfucker at that. You hear that? Crash fans. Challenge me. Come at me, bro. When you won me. But, and then iToy. iToy, okay. <sighs> tell me about iToy. Doctor. What do you have to say I'll about iToy? I got iToy on Christmas. And I just remember playing that fucking boxing in Window Wide. That's the only things I remember about this game. It's like a okay. weird monkey level. And then like <laughs> wiping the windows. Yeah, and then and then boxing, and that's all I remember. But like, I remember like how like I would play the shit out of this too. Like, it's not just like a uh, you know the gimmicky thing you get for Christmas and you try mm-hmm. it once and you never play again. Like, we would like bring like the PS2 over to my aunt's house, or she had one, so like the memory card and then the game over to my aunt's house, setting it up, and then just making nights of this. And this would happen like on a weekly basis. Like, we'd mean have I toy nights. Wouldn't you get tired? Really weird. That's what, especially with like me, I'm a big boy. But no, like I, I hung in. It was just like it was just so much fun. It was like I just remember like playing it over and over and over and over again. And man, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is such a dumb gimmick, but I had so much fun with it. When you're a kid, these gimmicks really get you. It re- it really does. Yeah. And I like with the Nintendo Labo thing coming out with the cardboard. Yeah. I could just see right now like all the kids who are gonna have nostalgia for that down the line because like it's dumb things like that that are gonna get you so hyped about a game, and that you'll just, like I said you'll just play the shit out. Like you said, you'll play any shitty superhero game mm-hmm. licensed piece of crap that came out on the PS2 and just play the shit out of that. Like I uh, not a bad game. But Spider-Man uh, 1 or 2. Spider-Man 2 is great. Both of those. I, th- I think it was Spider-Man 1, though, because Green Goblin, wasn't it? Okay. I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. Just over and over and over. It was so much fun. And then, like, the original Battlefront 1, I remember uh, my brother's like, oh, clean your room. And then, like, I cleaned <laughs> my room. And then uh, he came and he's like, oh, you cleaned it? And then he's like, here's Battlefront 2. 
on like PS2. Battlefront, Battlefront 2. One on okay. PS2. I was like, oh, I was so stoked about it. And I just sat there and pl- played it. And then like uh, Star Wars Episode 3, like the the like the actual movie came Underrated out. game. So I don't know if the, I had this conversation. I, I melted all. I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast uh, in the last like month or so. Such a fucking underrated game. Good God, those lightsaber battles, like with yeah. you and a friend just playing lightsaber battles, such man. And then just I remember staying up with my friend all night trying to unlock every Jedi for like the the, the battles. Mm-hmm. And like I just remember like it was the Mace Windu fight, and we couldn't get fucking past this level. And we're up. It was like four in the morning. We were like all coked up on like fucking caffeine and like pizza or whatever the shit I was shoving down my throat then. Of course, everyone's done it. Yeah, yeah. And just like trying to, and I remember passing out and then like waking up to screams and like, oh, he finally, like, he finally beat it. I was like, oh my God, we have this. I love, we gotta go play with Mace Windu because Mace Windu is like my favorite, like, Star Wars character. And I just played the fuck out of that game. Great game. Good game. I had. A lot of licensed games I had a lot of fun with just because you're a dumb, dumb kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, you're dumb, but there's so much fun. Like, uh, Tack, The Power of Juju, I remember, was another one that I really played. I don't know if that was licensed yet. I don't know if that was a I cartoon don't think so. before the game. Or the game came before the cartoon. I don't remember. Yeah. Fun game, though. I remember playing the fuck out of that. Yeah. I remember I got that because my family, I said Jack, and they thought I meant Tack. And you got and Tack. And I got Tack. And I played the fuck out of it because my mom was not about to go back to GameStop yeah. during that. Both good games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, tax fair. Tack is fair. Bring back tack. Maybe. Bring back tack. Hashtag bring back the tack. Yeah. Forget Jack. We've had our Jack had his storyline wrapped up, but where's the tack? Where the where did tack go? That's the real question everyone needs to ask themselves. We need a 4K, fur K tack. Fur K tack. And right. The power of Juju. I don't even know who made that. but uh, It was an Activision game. That's all I know Nickelodeon about. Nickelodeon yeah, games? I don't know. I don't think so. No? I'd be, it wasn't a cartoon until after the game, I believe. Well, weird games like that. It's so weird. I haven't thought about tack. No, yeah. Ever. I've played a lot of tack, but I don't talk about it. I don't even remember it, really. I remember there's like spider webs you jumped on. He had like a there's stick. some old fucking dude that you talked to. I don't know. Whipped up some potions. I I just remember the look of him, and there's like a theme song for the show. Yeah. I watched the show more than I played the yeah, game. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. Weird man, weird. Anything Old else? Times. Anything else you got? Um, I think I want to go with uh, Battlefront. Uh, Galactic Assault. Which one's the one on PSP? Fuck. There's a there. There was a bunch. It's, it's some like sort three. of name. Yeah, the first one or like the one near the end. I think it was the first one. Yeah, I think it was like a Galactic Assault. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, whichever one that one was, uh, I so back in middle school, back in sixth grade, uh, everyone that I knew had a DS and was playing Pokemon Mystery Dungeon because that game was fucking awesome. Fucking nerds. Um, but I didn't have a DS, so I had a PSP. And let me tell you, PSP games are real games. DS games are handheld games. That's True. all I'm going to say. True. So Preach. I would uh, sneak my PSP to school uh, with Star Wars Battlefront in it, uh, the UMD. Shout out to UMDs. Shout out. 
I still have a bunch of them. Um, busted out at lunch while everyone's playing their Pokemon, and I'm over here playing Star Wars, just straight wrecking these battle droids. Like, I, I'd basically basically be a one man army and kill like the entire team of battle droids. Uh, anyway, um, and my most like fond memory of that game is uh, running the mile for PE with my PSP tucked into my waistband. <laughs> that way, after I ran it, I would hide. Um, I could whip it out, hide behind like the big container thing that has like I don't know trash probably, and I would sit behind it and play my PSP and play Star Wars Battlefront during PE. So good. And that's when I knew like physical games, not for me. Sports, nah. I'll I'm say good. I'm playing my PSP. I was that kid too. Yeah. Game Boy out in the outfield, the, the, the little McDonald's toys meals that you get. Oh yeah, those were cool. Outfield during T-ball, just sitting down, picking dandelions, playing the game. Mm-hmm. I was that kid. No, dude, what a, what a different like, man, that's like something for our generation too. Sneaking the PSP to school, yes, and like playing it on the bus and being like such a big fucking deal. Like, man, that's something like no one else really has. Like, I that, remember what a big deal having the PSP was. That PSP was like, uh, ex- I felt like an expensive thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was weighty. It was there's metal on it. There's glass all over it. And it was changing like, the fucking discs. Yeah. Like, I, oh god, there's like such nostalgia around the PSP for me. I felt like I would get in trouble from my parents for like just bringing it there and pot like i could break it or something and i was like you know i don't want to break it but if my parents found out i'd brought it to school and broke it i'd be done dude i remember man i just remember like i remember uh playing grand theft auto oh by the way you were thinking of renegade squadron renegade that squadron was 2007 right. and then elite squadron was like 2009 yeah it was renegade squadron yeah so i remember playing uh grand theft auto uh, the Grand Theft Auto game, not the Chinatown Wars, but the other one, the the more traditional one. Uh, Liberty City. Yeah, Liberty City. Um, uh, playing that on the bus on the way to school uh-huh. with my friend Jake, and we would just see who can get the most stars and last the longest. It was the whole way there. That's what everyone did with GTA. That's exactly when you were a kid. like, and we just pass it back and forth, and he'd just be yelling on the bus the whole time, a bunch of rowdy middle schoolers. Like oh I, man. Yeah, I've just, I mean, I remember that. I also remember, um. Uh, downloading a significant amount of porn <laughs> on my PSV and also watching that with like 10 dudes in the back of the bus on the way home from school. Interesting. Another dumb kid story where uh-huh. it's like, what were you doing? Like, why? I don't know. I, I'll i admit I downloaded a little bit of porn. That's exactly there. what the, like, that was like the second use for the PSV. It was like, yeah. it was like Battlefront and then GTA and then porn. Like, yeah. that was like the second use for it. Because you could and it's just like, oh, this is just my PSP, you know? I have Star That's Wars exactly on it. it. And no one, and then, like your mom, like no, none of the moms like know like these things were like internet access. No, like, you had browsers to, on them. It was so difficult it's to so get into difficult. the porn that so difficult. You really had to like know how to get into it. Yeah, and you had to like, yeah, it was difficult to find it, and then it was difficult to navigate around it. And yeah, then you had to actually physically download the clips. So even if you wipe all your history, it's like you, you could save it somewhere under <laughs> under your, like, your memory card. Yeah, I remember that was like my first like foray into porn. What <laughs> was through the PSP? Yeah, and I just remember I was like, how weird? How fucking weird is that? Just ten middle school dudes in the back of the bus being like watching this porn clip. Not for me. I never. It's just ventured so into that weird experience. Oh, man, that was a dumb kid. 
PSP though. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. It's so good. We're but, back. Like I said, it's just so like like I said, the bringing it to school is like such a like because you're right. It was like DS were like handheld games. Mm-hmm. And, like PSP was like awesome like console like games because yeah. like around that time the PS2 was a thing. Mm-hmm. And you were getting like PS2 level games on the go, which is a big deal. Those God of War games on the PSP, so good, like great. That's what I'm saying, and then it's like the Grand Theft Auto with uh, like I wasn't allowed to have Grand Theft Auto. That was like the one. It was really weird. The one stand my mom made with like the things I played was Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, Understandable, but, I guess. But yeah, and, and I got like I got ended up getting Grand Theft Auto on the PSP, and then like I said, playing that every morning, and then hey. I, like bringing it to school, and then playing like like Daxter on the go, or like it's just it was weird. It was weird, weird time. It was a weird time. I don't know. I never got into racing games in my entire life, but I had like Midnight Club on my PSP and I was obsessed with that for some reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I kind of got into cars for a minute because I just it was a car game and I was like, you know, I'm playing it all on the go. I'm playing it at restaurants. I'm getting in trouble for pl- whipping it out at yeah. a restaurant, but you I know, hate whatever. I'm in trouble for whipping it out on the restaurant, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Tell you to I still away. do. Girlfriend won't let me do it. <laughs> Girlfriend won't let you whip it out of restaurants. No. It's always the worst. It's sad. Ball and chain, Eli. Ball and chain. Don't do it. No, <laughs> if you want it. to. No. Um. Yeah, man. PSP. It's a hot, hot gem. Yeah. DS? Eh. Yeah, for real. I was never one of those kids. Nah. I, my Game Nerds Boy Advance is cool. Play your Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Animal Crossing and your Pokemon. Oh, gross. 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 Disgusting. Well, Eli, it's always been a pleasure, man. Yeah, of course. You're having you Always. Again, it's been good. Now, if you like this episode, you can go ahead and like the video down below. You can go ahead and leave a comment in the comment section. Talk about what was your favorite PSP memory or what was your favorite gaming memory? Leave it down below in the comments down below. I like talking to you, like having a discussion with you. Go ahead and share this video. Um, it helps us grow. That really helps us out more than anything is uh, you sharing it because that helps us get bigger and be able to do more things like this podcast. Uh, you can go ahead and follow Eli over at Grid Life Digest. You can follow him at uh, at Shaw Doggy on yeah. Twitter, as you can see right there on the graphic. Uh, he, the guys at Grid Life Digest, awesome and girl uh, at Grid Life Digest. Yeah, still haven't met her. Emma's cool. Yeah, Emma's, Emma's all right. Starting Twitter beef with me. Uh, she gets she has hot takes. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But no, like, great people over there. Go listen to their podcast. Uh, go give them a click. They're, um, they're great crew. Um, also. You can, uh, anything else you want to plug? Um, just Grid Life Digest. We're putting out a lot of new stuff in the f- near future. Um, every month we do Grid Life Plus and Grid Life Gold, which wraps up like the PlayStation Plus games and the Xbox Live Gold games. And we just put out the Plus one this week. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So go check them out. They're awesome. Awesome people. Uh, you can also follow them on Twitter at GridLifeJS something. I don't know. All the uh, links all down below onto their stuff. <laughs> it's pretty um, easy. You can follow me at Cheeks underscore Junior on Twitter, and you can follow CTG Vids or Triptooth Gaming at CTG Vids on Twitter to stay updated with all the hotness. Uh, we have some awesome things coming up for you. Uh, awesome guests. Hopefully, um, gotta get them all booked. It's uh, it's a pain to do the show, but you know it's worth it sometimes. It's tough for the thirty five people who watch it. But Shout like out I said, to you. Working, still working on getting iTunes um, up. Uh, it's a pain. 
they, I, apparently I can never have the right size photo for fucking some reason. It's always asking for, and then I size it exactly how they want it and downgrade it exactly how they want it. And it's still not enough. I don't do all that. That's all Noah's job. Yeah, it's it's a pain. No one knows stuff. So until next time, players. I'm Mike Doherty, and this is completely consensual. And this is Eli Shaw. Until next time. Bye.